Alrighty, welcome to the Creedcast. Thank you for listening. As always, this is David here. Uh, just going to have a quick chat about the game upcoming uh, this weekend against the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Uh, quick chat, who knows? I know anyone that listens regularly says, oh, I'm going to do this quickly. And then I end up taking like 40 minutes anyway. But I think this one will be quick because there's not too much else on the agenda. Uh, I'm not, not going over last week's game because I've done that already. So I'm actually getting two out in a week. Uh, this week, and I'm actually going to probably do, try to do, um, provided nothing comes up on my Friday tomorrow here in LA, um, a little bit of an around the grounds episode like I did a few weeks ago, just talking about the overall things around happening around the AFL. There's plenty to talk about there, but um, yes, a quick in uh, quotation marks. Um, look, you got to have goals in life, and my goal in life is to have a quick podcast. Now it never happens, but I've got always got something to inspire to. So, um, anyway, uh, yes, we're playing North Melbourne this weekend. Highly anticipated match, not so much. Uh, Obviously, due to the form of both sides of Port, sitting pretty comfortably um, at, near the top of the table, uh, certainly within uh, striking only one game of top spot, uh, sitting there in fifth, whereas in you know, North Melbourne, after having a promising start, have kind of fallen away a bit, and as expected for a rebuilding side. But obviously the storyline um, is the Jason Horn francis stuff. Um, I'm not going to title. I know there's a lot of people out there that are titling um, their stuff, um, you know, previews, and then there's totally fine to do, uh, you know, the JHF Cup, the Horn Francis Cup, whatever they want to call it between the two sides. I'm going to refer to it as the Russell Ebert Cup. I'm going to give it a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, respect to the to the occasion rather than dive into. Um, we're obviously going to talk about the Horn Francis stuff in a bit as it, as it pertains to the game, but you know, Russell Ebert was a champ. Obviously, goes without saying, well, the greatest player to have played. But, Port Adelaide, probably. You know, this is the fun, great thing about being a Port Adelaide fan. Most teams have had a Russell Ebert play for them. It's probably going to be pretty obvious. And for me, he's the greatest to have played for Port Adelaide. But we've had so many greats for our side over the years, With you know, considering the success we've had. it's You know, you can have a discussion about it, which is a great place to be. But, you know, obviously his great uh, time at Port Adelaide, um, you know, just speaks for itself. But he did have his one season at North Melbourne um, there in 1979, in which he was... A fairly successful area. They made a preliminary final. I think he was a leading disposal getter for their side. Uh, I think he's the only player, um, according to the wiki I looked at the other day. Um, I didn't know this little bit of it. Um, the only player to have played, uh, you know, 25 games just in one season for a club. Um, so you know, yeah, he, he he had a great season. In North Melbourne was a key key cog in their side. That was a reasonably successful side at the time. Obviously, winning grand finals around that in that era. And, uh, you know, the 77, I think it was, um, with the, the Mackenblight bomb and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, he was he had a pre- pretty successful season there. He was flying in and flying out from, from Adelaide, um, you know, because he had his business back in Adelaide and family and all that. And by the end of, uh, just after that, he decided the one season was enough of doing that. It wasn't it wasn't worth kind of the strain on, on himself as a person. Uh, but, you know, he, he doesn't regret it at all. Um, and was glad he gave it the shot, and he proved that he was easily, you know, that was sometimes the question of players that, you know, just played in the sandfall at at times was, could they, you know, what, how would the game translate over to the the VFL, and in that time, VFL was starting to break away as being the league with a bit more money, and although they they had plenty of money issues as well, hence why the AFL became what it was, and they were desperate for other sides to come in at times, um, but yeah, he proved you know he proved that his game could translate literally anywhere because he was one of the greatest players to ever play a game of Australian football. So it's the Russell Ebert Cup between our Port Adelaide and North Melbourne uh, this weekend. Now it's quite obvious that uh, as I mentioned in the lead in there that we're two sides in uh, very different 
places in our seasons. Uh, you know, North Melbourne started off. I think they started off with the, uh, two wins out of their first two games. Uh, I believe. I actually, just I was looking at the scores quickly, but I was looking at their last few weeks more. So, um, yeah, they started off with a. And this is the thing when you look at the games because now I'm looking at their first couple of games. We see they beat West Coast by five points in their opening match at home. And, you know, at the time, you know, we weren't exactly... I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting West Coast to blow the doors off the season this year. But, um, you know, first game, you really don't know exactly what. And, you know, they they won. Um, and then they go over to the West and beat Frio in the week after. And at that point still, and that was by point, um, you sit there and go, geez, you know, maybe they were right. But, you know, Frio aren't going crash hot this year at all. Um, and obviously West Coast are um, an aberration on the season this year, really. Again, I'm not beating down on West Coast. It's just that they're, between their injuries and everything going on and where they are and their rebuild and all that, West Coast just aren't, aren't at the races. So you look at that, they're two from two. But hindsight now that we're eight weeks in, you go, well, Frio were, you know, having issues. And then the week after, you know, and I think a lot of people probably half-picked them to beat Hawthorne. Uh, being that they were two from two, but then they lose to Hawthorne, who, as we know now, aren't doing... You know, Hawthorne are having some competitive matches at, at times this year. Um, almost being in Adelaide a few weeks ago, I think they, the week after, I can't remember who they played, but they've had some... They've been competitive without being good um, or, you know, great or anything like that. Um, but, you know, then they get handled pretty well by North uh, Carlton and then Bris- Brisbane and Gatherround absolutely smashed up in, uh, I think that was the Mount Barker match. Um, absolutely smashed up there. They get pretty handily beaten by Gold Coast, who are middling and competitive, but you know they're they're not um, in the top tier either. Get absolutely fucking hammered by Melbourne, and, and lucky to not be a hundred point loss, a hundred plus point loss with just scoring a few quick ones at the end. And look, the St Kilda North Melbourne match last week was not fun <laughs> as as a viewer. Um, but you know they they don't even score until the second half, and you know St Kilda probably if they'd you know, you flip their eight goals, sixteen to sixteen goals, eight, and they've they've beaten them pretty handily. So they haven't had a good six weeks, and and they kind of are the team that we thought they they were going to be. You know, the start of the season was a little bit of a, um, you know, it was a little bit of a false dawn there with the wins against West Coast and Frio, because as we know, you know, if Frio had gone on and we're sitting there six and two or five and three right now and had had some pretty good wins, you'd be going, oh, that's a great win for North Melbourne, regardless of where they're at. But you know, Frio clearly aren't, aren't the team yet or maybe aren't going to be this year than we were expecting out of them. So, you know, two wins at the start of the year against West Coast and Frio just don't do too much for you at the moment. So you look at that and then you look at where we've gone in the last few weeks with, you know, getting some good uh, quality wins against sides like St Kilda and Essendon and and uh, and Western Bulldogs in there, uh, uh, Sydney, uh, Sydney, uh, Sydney are competitive, but they're, you know, they're getting, the, getting some unlucky losses lately. Um, so... When you look at that, you go, well, what's the, what's the, uh, you know, is there anything to worry about here? But you know, as a, as a cynical sports fan as I am sometimes, and uh, fearing the worst in every situation, um, I always still go in with a little bit of trepidation. And certainly, when you add in the, and this is unfortunate. We shouldn't have to think about having to fly the flag for our players and doing all that kind of stuff in in modern footy. Um, but that is the storyline of this week. It's been pretty much the storyline since the trade happened. Is when is Port going to play North Melbourne? Um, where is it going to be? Uh, and, and it's kind of funny that it ends up being a North Melbourne home match, but not quite a North Melbourne home match, being down that it is down there in Tassie. So um, in Hobart, um, which I think is that the first game down in Hobart since they got announced for um, an AFL 
uh, team down there. I'm actually wondering that right now, but I'm not going to look it up on the podcast. It's not too pertinent to the discussion, but it, it's an interesting side note. Um, it'll be a response thing, and I think the first side, it could be a little bit more like a this is what I'm trying to get to as I, you know, as I said at the start, I'm going to rattle off longer than I probably expected to, but we need to uh, probably be prepared for a little bit of a tenacious first half, one that's a little bit more, a little bit grubby, um, possibly just, you know, skill level down. You know, I don't know what the weather's going to be like down in there in Hobart, actually. I might just do a quick Google as I'm chatting. Um, but, you know, weather down there can be interesting. Um, so that could be a factor in it, uh, but we'll just have a quick Google here and I'll see. Yeah, look, it's looking like Saturday. Cloudy? Um, that's not the Hobart I'm looking for. Jeez. It's, it's always, it's always funny when you do weather when you're, it just picks up the nearest Hobart to you, I guess. Oh, look, it could be, um, we're looking at, uh, you know, mid-teens, sunny cloud, but sunny, bit, bit of cloud around. Uh, not not too much wind to speak of, so yeah, that's actually probably not too bad for Hobart. Hobart, and you know it's, it's early May, so we're not getting the depths of winter yet. But so weather shouldn't be a factor. But I think it'll just be a game that you know Kangaroos are going to, from everything we've seen, um, and even I think it was Will Phillips was on one of the footy shows recently. Will Phillips, one of the newer kangaroo, younger Kangaroos players, um, you can see like they're, they're talking about the booing thing. And uh, he said, oh, you know, look, if they're playing us and, you know, the boos are probably fair enough. Otherwise, I don't know why they're doing it. So it's, that in and of itself, to me, shows a team that still there's a, there's a little bit there's a little bit there for them. And I think they're going to use that um, to their, like, to try to use that as a little bit of, uh, you know, locker room material for themselves. Because they need, you know, they need a little bit of G up in any way they can with the way they've been um, traveling of late. So um, that's a one thing to look out for. I think I think it's the kind of game if I was going to just going to put out a brief on how I think the game's going to go, I think it's going to be um Porter win comfortably in the end, but I think it could be one of those games where we have to weather a bit of a storm early, get that kind of out of the way, um get Horn Francis into the game, um and get him playing his game and kind of just showing him like, you know, look, whatever, you know, I'm going to I'm going to just run over the top of you anyway and whether he, you know, I'm not expecting Horn Francis to have the best game of his life in this one because I don't know if they'll allow it in the way that they might be. The pressure might be a bit on, and he's got to adjust himself to that. But I think it's a game that will win comfortably in the end. But don't be surprised if it's a bit of a, a logjam at the start and just the, just the way the game, you know, the way the Kangaroos want to play the game with a bit of bit of heat, bit of fire, a little bit of um, you know, a little bit of chin music for Horn Francis at first to let, let let their feelings out a little bit. Although I was. Um, Interested to see that Alistair Clarkson said that he gave him a, I don't know if it was a message or a call a week or two ago and just said, look, you know, I hope you're doing all right. Like, you know, there's, I guess Alistair Clarkson's part of a new regime and not what, you know, Horn Francis was a part of. So, you know, there is a little bit of separation there. You know, he never really coached him. So, so there's a part, there's something there, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes on the, on the field because regardless of what, you know, Alistair Clarkson, I would assume, is probably just like, no, this is just footy and it's what happens. And he's certainly, as a coach and the players, he's moved around in the long term time. He had, you know, he lost Lance Franklin while he was a Hawthorne coach. So, you know, he's been a part of this. It's all old hat to him. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the play- the players are still going to have some feeling beyond that. And I'm sure Clarkson's not going to completely absolve them and say that they can't use it at all. Like, there's going to be something there, I think. So, um, and, you know, 
Cam Zerhar, I think, was one of the ones that was more outspoken in the trade period last year um, in his feelings about it. I think it was Zerhar that put out, put out some fucking thing on Instagram or whatever. So, you know, players do have their personal feelings about it, and I'm sure there's some personal feelings but in some of these players um, that haven't been um, put out there for the, for the general public to know, but they know within themselves and within the group. So it will be a storyline. It's going to be a part of the game, It's uh, but... I'm just looking forward to having it out of the way, to be honest. Um, just get that kind of first game with him at Port out of the way and uh, between two sides and start letting this thing dissipate a little bit. But it does add an extra bit of heat to a game that otherwise no one would have on their radar at all. But I'm sure, um, unfortunately, with the way the story's been in the media, the general footy public's probably going to have a half an eye on just how it's going. At least you know a few people might tune into the first quarter and have a, have a bit of a squiz at it. So, yeah. Anyway to the team stuff um you've got uh you know i think kangaroos only have one change um yes hugh greenwood's in uh, in place of uh, ben cunnington and uh, charlie lazaro's on the emergency list so alongside um callum coleman jones phoenix spice Randy ford so one of them will be the emergency but otherwise um they're pretty they're pretty well pretty well strength um pretty well strength pretty good strength um for the side they are. You know, Hugh Greenwood comes in and brings a lot of experience. Um, obviously, former Crow had a great um, year or two up at Gold Coast, and then <laughs> in a in a weird way, I think I think he got delisted. It was Gold Coast had said they'd pick him up again in the in the rookie draft, but then um, North Melbourne gave him an offer, and he was at his you know he was he was a free agent at the time, so he was able to take that offer, and um, he hasn't had the best of times down uh, down in at North Melbourne as he possibly expected but uh he's had it's a good run in the vfl uh, of recent times and um and gets gets the call up for the kangaroo so he's a good good head of experience there obviously they've got a, a there's some they're a side with some decent bloody players i mean obviously harry sheasel's had a lot of a lot of news around him this year is one of the probably the leading two for the uh, uh the rising star this year so far i've got will ashcroft just ahead just for myself i think harry sheasel's numbers are obviously a lot better with disposal numbers and all that stuff but i just eye test just watching will ashcroft work within that brisbane system within a team that's playing at a high level near the top end of the table uh he's been impressing me there so but you know harry is still clearly a class act in his first year so you know when you're talking about the top two and the rising star you're talking about two bloody good players anyway um griffin logue was a good pickup for them as well i think and down in the back line so he's one you know ben mckay's back in there um so reasonable um back line without you know, I don't think they can handle us, obviously, but um, and certainly through the middle. You know, I, I'm big Davies Uniac guy. Um, so this is a team, and particularly um, with uh, you know Todd Goldstein still in there. The the big battle for me, obviously, and it's not one we're going to win. Um, but again, it's going to be how we deal with the fact that we're going to give up a lot in the hitouts. Um, I did get some stats together here quickly. I just the um, stats within. Um, sorry, my cat's meowing in the background. Um, the hit out because there's a lot of numbers that we really, you know, quite a, quite comfortably ahead and across the season averages. You know, we average almost 40 more disposals, 10 more contested possessions game, which at times has been a, an issue for us. Um, you know, marks inside 50 were, you know, four more marks inside 50 per game. Um, inside 50s were 10 more inside 50s per game. But when you get to hit outs, we're only averaging 26 for the um, for the for the season. But uh, that you know they're averaging 40. So that's and that's just you know Todd Goldstein's an incredible player. Um, so that's just that's where the battles. Um, sorry, I'm just this 
F fucking cat. Um, apologies for that. Just fucking clawing at the door. Um, so yeah, you know, the, that's going to, it was the issue last week. I mentioned it. I talked about it a lot in my review of the Essendon game was just how we, and we adjusted, you know, the first quarter didn't go well. We were really getting hammered and they were getting the center, they were getting the clearances out of the center pretty easily. But then we adjusted, tried to slow the game down around that a little bit and, and adjusted the defense a little bit to cut off that line of supply. And then, and then we worked back into the game around the stoppage in particular. Um, so that, and that's going to be the thing again, this, this week is how we deal with that, that ruck is we, we're going to lose the hit outs. It's just, that's the way it's going to be. Um, we don't, we have the only change we've done is Rioli's out obviously with his two game suspension and Francis Evans has come in. So we haven't, had, we haven't made any significant changes to the, uh, to the ruck. Obviously Brintico is going to be in there and then, you know, a mix of Finlayson and, and Dixon. So we're going to lose the hit outs. It's going to be a matter of how we, you know, you know, watching the tap, trying to make sure that they don't get that easy clearance out out of there and, and obviously Goldstein again great you know great you know Ruckman for his entire career how you know how we watch that and try to pick off a little bit and as well as and win a win around the stoppage around the ground because that's where we we do we do match up better there work if you look at our total um, you know, center clearances and and stoppage clearances we're pretty close in average for for the year like we get average um, 24 uh Sorry, um, uh, so yeah, 38 uh, total clearances per game versus North Melbourne's 36. So while they're getting 40 hitouts a game at the moment, they're not getting the the advantage in the in the total clearances. Whereas we're you know only averaging 26 hitouts a game, but you know we're getting 38 clearances in a game. So we're making up for it around the stoppage, and that's what we're going to have to do here. Like I said, the rest of the, the overall, the rest of the you know the game we we do match up pretty well we're pretty dominant in most areas um in a lot of those you know we're getting 50 more disposals a game all that kind of stuff so it's going to be the only area they're going to be able to try to find a real advantage is going to be in that hit out and we've just got to make sure that we um you know make sure that we mitigate that in some in some respect uh to make sure that the rest of the game um that we can win the game comfortably as we should so yeah, other than the hit-out battle, I don't really find a way um, that North Melbourne have a have an avenue to a win. And I always look at these kind of games uh, through the through the prism of like, what avenues do you have to win? Where are the where are the key areas that you're winning or losing? And you just look in in most areas of North Melbourne the last four to five weeks, they're just not winning anywhere apart from obviously um, if you look at it comparative to us, the hit-outs. Um, we just handle the ball better, use the ball better, um, and you know, at times it hasn't been a, a portrait by any means, but certainly with Horn Francis coming in there, and like I said, he's added that extra bit of dynamism to the midfield as well as the likes of Zach Butters having taken his game to another level uh, this year. Connor Rosie continuing his All Australian form. Um, you know, we've been able to ride the fact that Ollie Wines hasn't been, you know, in Brownlow form. Uh, he's been more in his you know 20, 2016 to twenty nineteen form rather than that twenty. 2021 form so you know the fact that wines hasn't been having to carry the team like that and you know travis we've been out of carry travis boat coming back into fitness and form and he had a great week last week um sorry the week before um but you know we're not relying completely the the reliance has without really thinking about it shifted completely almost to this this new brigade um uh, in rosie and butters are kind of the real stores at the straws that are stirring the drink and obviously um, unsung hero. I almost forgot him again because that's just what you do sometimes with Willem Drury, those kind of guys. Um, so this new midfield units really kind of change things ever so subtly for our, our, how we're kind of working the ball through the middle and, and, and through the ground uh, for this port side. 
And so I see it as something that, um, you know, there's not defensively. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how we're going at the moment. Surprisingly, I wasn't expecting to be because I think we're, as I said in my review last week, I think it's a, it's a house of cards in the sense that it's only going to take an injury to one of those key guys like Alir or even McKenzie at the moment. Um, to really kind of change that structure. But at the moment, you know, fitness, you know, knock on wood again. My um, Apologies again. It's just crazy animal house here today. Um, you know, you know, provided, you know, that all sticks together, you know, knock on wood, as I said, I've got my microphone sitting on a little wood uh, panel right here to keep it steady. So um, I can do that on the podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's just what I don't see as, as an issue um, against this. And, you know, I like a lot of what North Melbourne, a lot of these young players at North Melbourne have brought in. I'm big. I'm, I like Nick Larkey. Um, um, I, I like Zerhar as a player. I'm not sure I like how he handled uh, Horn Francis leaving, as I mentioned earlier. But um, I like him as a player. I'm not not a huge Jaden Stevenson guy. Uh, I think he's talented, um, but you know, don't just <laughs> just he's kind of one of those guys that I think should be better. But it, but you know, now I've said that, he's probably gonna fucking have four goals against us or something stupid. Um, but, you know, I think we've handled some... There's been some pretty decent forward lines we've come up against in the last few weeks, and we've handled them reasonably well with this this defense. I think McKenzie... We haven't lost a game since McKenzie's come into the side, I'm pretty sure. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think McKenzie's undefeated this year. So there's just that that change to the structure's really worked, and um, I just don't see North Melbourne as a side that struggled to score. You know, couldn't even score until the third quarter last week. Um, and has been giving up big scores. They're just not. They just don't have the kind of game plan and 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 structure to be able to have a consistent game where they can play four quarters of footy that puts real exerts real pressure on you to have to outscore them. Um, obviously, you've got to outscore them to win, but it's not going to be an exerted pressure across four quarters to do that. Um, now, I'd like to see us have a good four quarter effort and. Um, and make sure you know whether whatever storm comes with the Horn Francis stuff, and then get through that and win comfortably. But um, you know whatever happens there, again, I won't be surprised if it's a little bit of a, a dog battle at the start. But beyond that, I just you know when you look at, and then particularly when I look at their defense, like I said, I like the addition of Griffin Logue. I, I like Ben McKay. You know what where, what level of fitness he's at, um, having come back. In. I think he's come back in the last few weeks. But um, you know again, they've had a lot of pressure on them the last few weeks. Um, in you know, just just goals, you know they've had having to exert a lot of <laughs> exert a lot of energy essentially just to watch the ball keep flying past them over and over again. Um, they're having to work a lot, work do a lot of work. Um, basically <laughs> at the moment the North Melbourne defense. So I just think with Marshall, get, you know Marshall back in the side after his concussion a couple of weeks ago. Um, Dixon, hopefully that knee's continuing to get more right, and I think this is the kind of game Dixon can really, if he is in reasonable nick. Um, again, I won't judge him too much too harshly if that knee is still troubling him which i think it might be um and you got finlayson who'll be probably wanting to i think finlayson will be wanting to have a big game again after you know he's been a pretty reliable kick but last week he was one goal four he's going to be looking for a little bit of um a little bit back and you know pal pepper and you know these guys are chomping at the bit and the biggest thing for me um to close out now as far as you know we've been talking about the team coming back into some form the last five weeks with uh not just their form, but their their tenacity and their their willingness to compete, and kind of that team morale and and ideal. You know the the stuff that makes a team what what a team is 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 the connect connectivity as a team. And I think it'll be real interesting if this Horn Francis stuff does bubble up during this game. And and the you know we saw Sydney go after Dacos like like hounds hounds to a carcass last week. 
Um, if we do see a bit of that with Horn Francis, it'll be more what I'm really keen to see. And I don't want to see you know a punch up and like line in the sand Hawthorne versus Essendon crap from 20 years ago or anything like that. I just want to see. Any time Horn Francis gets a couple of guys around him, giving him a little bit of, you know, trying to give him a little bit of jumper punches and and the verb, verb, you know, the verbals and all that kind of stuff. I want to see four or five of our port guys get immediately over him, grab him out of there, and just and make sure that he's he's protected at all times because he doesn't deserve any of this crap anyway. But if if North Melbourne are going to have a bit of a goal at this game, double up on it, double up on it. They're thrown two to get in there for a little bit of verbals and whatever. Have four or five getting over there. They've got four or five there. They can get half the team there. Get the game stopped for a second as we get the get the guys away from him. That's what I want to see. That team, you know, this team stuff with AFL and modern AFL. We don't want to see this stuff too often, but it's gonna. It seems like it's just going to be the a little bit of a storyline this week, and that's what I want to see is that team connection. And um, without getting without getting stupid about it, just just make sure that he's not he's not having to deal with too much of it because we're getting you know we're getting a bunch of our guys over there to make sure he's protected from it. And that, to me, will be a sign of where we're at as a squad. Um, you know that there's not, you know, and if we're winning the game as well in the in the same breath, it's it's good team connectivity, obviously good form and all that stuff, and all rolling together. And that's what makes premiership teams. And I'm not saying I'm expecting a premiership this year. I always hope for them. I'm pretty clear on that. Um, but I've also been pretty clear on where my realistic expectations have been at times over the past past couple of years. But a good positive sign to where we're at will be if there is a a genuine symbiotic thing where we're both playing really good footy and a team connection and and a willingness to back each other up and have each other's backs is there that'll be really um what i'm looking for and what i'm hoping to see and then if and if none of that's there and we're just winning you know winning the game and it's a little bit more of a you know timid affair than we were expecting then that'd be great too whatever happens i just want to see a comfortable win and uh horn francis come out of it and, and just be past it really so and I'm just about past having to deal with this fucking cat that <laughs> is, for some reason, just craving attention right now. So I think I might wrap that wrap this one up here. Uh, I've gone, kept it under half an hour, which is pretty good for me. So cheers uh, for listening, as always. And, um, yeah, looking forward to the game tomorrow night. It's a 9 o'clock game on a Friday night for me here in L.A., so it's just perfect time to have a few quiet evening beers and hopefully watch a good win. So can the pair. Cheers.